0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Cheryl Kay from Unleashed, and I thank you for joining us today. I have a great guest, Cora Moore Ruffy. She has goats. She is a therapist. She trains them. Cora, number one, welcome. You have a long litany of what you are proficient at. So, why don't you just give us a little bit about you and then we'll uh, start our discussion. All
2: right. Well, hi, everybody. And hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me on today. So what we do, we have a a small nonprofit care farm in Baxter, Tennessee, and we do goat therapy and animal education. So most of the time, people are always interested in what exactly is goat therapy and so, uh, goat therapy is uh, just basically it's using the animals to provide comfort and support, and then having the animals and uh, present creates a safe
1: space, and it helps create that trust. Right. And the name of your farm is Fairylands Farm. Yes, Fairylands Farm. And and now you have all of your goats there. I mean, because we know goats could also be pets, but you train them mostly to, they're not comfort uh, pets where they're, they're not service animals. Right.
2: Right. So, yes. Yeah. So, there is a difference between therapy animals and service animals. Service animals are protected under, of course, ADA laws. And they're more like a access type issues there and mobility type things. You know, people who aren't able to get around like the rest of us, animals provide, you know, provide that for them. So, with therapy animals, so the whole mission of our farm is to create that safe space for healing for people, animals and Nature and so that's where therapy animals are different. They're not service animals, so they can't do those type of things. But they definitely provide us with a sense of healing and a grounding. They teach us discipline, <laughs> and I think just in general, they add something to our lives.
1: They're, they're they're really very loving animals. On the videos that I've seen of goats, they really do adhere themselves to humans. They like being part of a family with dogs, with horses. There's even that saying, I've got your goat. And when you look it up, I think they it used to be when racehorses were in their stall and they would get agitated, they would bring in a goat because they're very calming to horses. And if you wanted that horse to lose, somebody would steal the goat and they would say, I've got your goat. And, you know, of course, that's taken on a whole new meaning today. Isn't that funny? I did not know that. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you learn something every day. Now, your goats are born on the farm or they're only rescues? We have a mix. The majority
2: of the goats we have right now Our rescues that have come to us over the years. And then uh, we do breed them too. So this year we had a couple sets of twins and uh, one of our boys, sadly, a fox got him. The other boy, we have sent him to go live with our animal trainer down the road. So he's going to uh, make her therapy goats. And then that left us with two girls. But for the most part, uh, other than the goats, we do let them breed. But uh, for the most part, everybody comes as a rescue here. Now, how do they train them? All right. So when it comes to training the goats for therapy, socialization is really the key there. And that's just uh, getting used to being around people. Like you've already said, goats just kind of have a natural inclination to humans and and you know wanting our attention and our affection. And so from day one, getting them used to being around humans is really key to that because once they're comfortable and they'll come up to you, then it's easy to do the other things then you can pet them and then you can brush them out. Then you can give them their treats and uh, then you can start teaching them to walk on leashes or leads. And so some of the goats I do have trained. To walk on leads, and goats are actually in the top three of the most intelligent mammals because of their ability to understand complex language. So we have humans and other
1: primates, and then dolphins and whales. Whales and dolphins, and I guess dogs. Yeah,
2: well, and then, then even above dogs, we have goats because goats are able to. They understand complex language. They can understand multiple languages, and they also understand like different accents. Wow. I know. I I think that's
1: probably one of the most amazing things about goats that I've ever learned. Well, they also climb trees. I don't know if there's different types of goats that do different things, but I've seen pictures of goats high up in a tree.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, no, for for the most part, if a goat, if they can get up in the tree, they're going to. A lot of that is based on personality because like dogs and horses and cats, goats all have their own distinct personality. And then kind of like with humans, we don't say they don't talk, but their vocalizations, they all even have different vocalizations and they have good memories too. mother goats can remember what their baby goats sound like if they get separated up to 17 months later, so even you know, like almost a year later, they know if they see that baby again that that's their baby.
1: Wow. Now, now yeah. your goats go to facilities like you know nursing homes or assisted living places. So we just started
2: last year when the COVID hit is when I finally got the idea. I've been here in Tennessee for about eight years, and so it took me to last year to kind of like you know, to finally get the farm all together and to start offering these services to people. So it was a little hard to get the animals out in facilities because then, you know, it's like, I swear, it was like, I thought of the idea, introduced us to the community. And then like a week later, COVID hit. So we had to adapt. And that's where the virtual environment came in handy. So last summer, we did a lot of virtual stuff online. And so we do do virtual visits to assisted living homes. And uh, we do some uh, visits here locally. We do um, things like homeschool visits. We'll even go to schools if we're asked. Or uh, sometimes we do public events. It just kind of depends on what it is. And uh, we also do things like VBSs. So anywhere we can take the animals out and uh, have them interact with kids and give them kind of, we do an educational show too.
1: They're very good pets, right? For even in the house, other than... You know, if you put a diaper on them, they could be trained to go outside to do their business. But I know they get along very well with dogs also.
2: They do get along well with the dogs. One of the dogs we have here, he is a three. We rescued him when he was about five weeks old. I think that he was in a potential maybe dog fighting scenario kind of weird, but we got him. And so the first thing, anytime we get a dog, they come on the farm, they meet the goats and get a bath. Those are the first two things they have to do. And so he's grown up with the goats. And so he's used to them. He loves them. And uh, we just got a new little rescue dog a couple of months ago, and he's still kind of getting used to them because the goats are, the goats are kind of funny. You know, they do have a hierarchy. They follow a queen. So they're matriarchal and uh, they do have their pecking order. So, you know, they look like they're being mean and fighting with each other, but a lot of time it is play. And then it's that too. It's trying to teach each other. Okay, well, this is your place in the herd. And so they do that to dogs too. And that's, I think why dogs, particular dogs make such a good guardians for them, because, you know, when you have them at the young age and they grow up with the goats, they get treated like they're a goat. And so they become part of the herd. Does that make sense? Yes. But I read that they really do well with a partner Oh yes, definitely. If anybody wants to get a goat, uh, like you said, a lot of people have them as pets and have them live in the house, and uh, that's fine. My advice there is just uh, like dogs, you want to make sure that they have a big yard that they can go out in, because you know that is more their natural
1: environment. And then, like llamas, I know they need a lot of exercise, uh, like the llamas. They have yes, absolutely. companionship. That's what
2: you asked about. Yeah. So if you get a goat, generally it's best to have a pair of them because just like anybody, we all like having a buddy, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so they're, they're that way too. And, uh, we also have a donkey. So we are training him to do therapy work and, uh, he is the goats protector. So he hangs out with them. And for the most part, he gets along with all the goats.
1: He really loves our herd queen and her baby. Now, when the babies are born, they have to be around the mother. You know, I mean, if you took the baby in the house, it would look at you as the mother or they're able to distinguish.
2: No, they definitely get bonded to you when you have a situation where you have to bring them in the house and bottle feed them. And uh, we generally, you know, some people, they take them away and sell them as bottle babies. But generally to have a healthy goat and, you know, for them, it's best to always keep them with the mother. Only extreme circumstances do you want to take them away and bottle feed. So for example, um, in February, Princess Diva, her mother had mastitis. So, you know, that's bad milk disease. And so they couldn't nurse and I had to bottle feed them. So she's very attached to me because of that. And then even with the babies that stay with their mothers, They're going to do what their mothers do. They're going to learn from their mothers. So from day one, um, what I like to do is I separate them. So I have nursing pens and the mama and the babies, they stay in the nursing pen by themselves for a couple of months so that they bond. And then it's so that they get the babies get used to me too. They're going to do exactly what their mamas do. So if their moms are coming up to you,
1: then the babies, you know, that teaches them to be more comfortable. To trust. Now you said you had twins. Is that unusual? Um, no, generally most
2: goats do have two at a time and they can have up to five babies at a time. Yikes. I know. Isn't that amazing? We we've never had that many. Uh, normally we have twins or, uh, some of the girls it's their, for when it's their first
1: one, it seems like it's just
2: a single baby they have.
1: Do you have any idea of the history? Cause I know they've been domesticated for thousands and thousands of years. Yes, goats were uh, first domesticated, uh,
2: we say about 30,000 years ago, and that they were the first type of domesticated animal. So, you know, when it comes to all farm animals, goats were the first ones. And I speculate that even beyond the delicious dairy that they provide for us, that is, you know, their personalities, and once again, just it seems like that their ability to understand us in a, you know, in these cognitive ways, that is probably one of the reasons we domesticated, right? And they're
1: trainable. Yeah, and
2: they're and they're very trainable. So you know, goats in the past they were used to transportation. So having a goat tied to a
1: cart to get around that wasn't uncommon. Wow. So how many do you have? That stay in the house or they just come to visit and they go fall?
2: They just come to visit. So we don't generally keep them in the house. They have uh, five acres that they run around in. And then sometimes when I'm out here in the yard, I'll bring them out to help uh, do some weed eating and type stuff, you know. So they get to run around over here with me. But uh, generally, we keep them outside. (laughs) They jump. They like cop. Oh, yes. They, like you said, they like to get up in trees and, you know, that's because the way their uh, feet and their hooves are shaped because they have like a, not like horses to where it's a solid pad. They've got that little uh, kind of split. And that little split, it's kind of like a pincher so they can get up in trees. And I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of where they're like on the side of a ledge and they're standing on it. It's because they can pinch just the teeniest, tiniest of ledges or or cracks and stabilize themselves.
1: Yeah. When I was in uh, Denver recently, they had some on ledges. It was amazing, like on the tippy, tippy edge. Now, yes, their hoofs need to be cared for, cut. They're not shooed, right? They don't have shoes. No, but they do uh, have to be
2: trimmed. So about every six to eight weeks, I put them up on the goat cart one by one. And uh, we get the trimmers out and clip their hooves. I have my one here, baby, uh, the black one you saw. Yes. She is my number one therapy goat. And she has trouble with rot at times. So I'm constantly keeping up on
1: her feet. We get kind of muddy here, too, in Tennessee at times. And what about their horns? When do they start to uh, grow out? They actually, from day one, it's
2: pretty obvious. As soon as they come out, you can feel the little bumps on their head and and know that their horns are coming. So they grow pretty quickly. A lot of people will just bud the horns. Like, uh, for instance, a lot of 4-H programs, they don't like the goats to have horns for the show because it is kind of easy to You know, not like they intentionally will get you with the horn, but occasionally you can, you know, get hooked with the horn. And uh, we don't do that, though. Some goats also are naturally, it's called naturally depulled. And what that means is that they've been disbudded and it's been bred into their DNA that they just, when they're born, they just, their horns don't even grow. And we have a couple
1: that are like that. Now you're going for your Ph.D.,
2: Yes, I am working on my uh, PhD in psychology and I'm looking at, I started out, looking specifically at mindfulness practices and how that helps uh, students in academia. And then just over the years and over, you know, my work with the animals, it was like a kind of a no brainer, you know, it's kind of like one of those aha moments. It's like, why am I burning my candle at both ends trying to focus on this stuff with psychology and focusing with the animals when I can just combine that and, you know, make better use of my time and energy. And so now I am looking at how animals assist us with mindfulness. I'm looking into the therapeutic benefits of a goat. So we know that there are many physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional benefits to interacting with goats or cuddling goats.
1: Animals, yes. And I know they're very sweet. I've seen a few different videos with goats. And it just seems that they're just so sweet. And they're in the house with a diaper. and they just get along with the whole family and the dogs the dogs seem to love them oh yes i would agree and i think that's the good thing about goat
2: medicine is it definitely they teach us not only how to have fun in life but they teach us how to be grounded and just how to be relaxed you know we all have stress in our life we all have conflict and hardship but i think when we can include animals you know, they do ground us in a way that we're able to manage all that better in our lives. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. But now your goats are bigger than the ones that they do with um, goat yoga, right? They're smaller goats.
2: Oh, well, I think for the most part, a lot of people do it. A lot of people have dwarf goats. That seems to be what's really popular nowadays. I would say on average, our goats are probably about 50, 60 pounds. So they're not... Teeny tiny, but they're not really big, too, because, you know, some goats can get like the size of miniature donkeys like over in the Middle East. Some of the Pakistan breeds of goats, they get really big. And then even up in like northern Europe where they, they get, you know, as big as horses and you'll see them like pulling carts and sleds and stuff. Now, do they have a long life? They do. Generally, well, with dairy goats, um, about 10 years, 8 to 10 years, but some of them, like dogs, they can live to be in their 20s. We actually had rescued these two retired dairy goats, and uh, one was 19, and the other one was 16. They both probably lived a year past that, but still, it's like, that's a long time for a goat. Those goats were well taken care of.
1: Wow. We're going to take a break,
0: and we'll be right back. How many of you have pets? for help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select co locations or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com.
1: We're back, and uh, today I have Cora Moore Ruffy, who has Fairylands Farm in Tennessee, and she's been telling us all about you know, training goats to assist, not as, mostly as comfort and pleasure. And you said that they're, they're milk goats, they're dairy goats. There are, there are, when it comes to goats, you have,
2: basically they get put into a, I'm just going to roughly say three categories. you got like the wool goats, you got the meat goats, and then you have the dairy goats. But when it comes to the different breeds of goats, Oh, gosh, I don't even know. There's something like over 134, maybe even more than that. There are definitely different breeds of them. And because most of ours are rescues, we have a blend. So we have some Nigerians. We have an alpine. Baby is a Spanish goat. Our buck is a boar-Nubian mix. And another boar. And then we have a a
1: couple of doors or her queen. She is a dwarf uh, boar-goat. Wow. They are adorable. I mean, we've all seen them years ago when we're growing up. They had them at these petting zoos, which is absolutely ridiculous. But now your background, tell us about your background, because you've had some interesting endeavors.
2: I've definitely, life has definitely been an adventure, I will say. So I started out my academic career in archaeology. So I pretty much did that for all of my 20s. And I went and traveled all over the United States. And then I got my master's degree in archaeology. So I was looking at Native American mounds, you know what those are, Not really. Well, earthworks would be another way to call them. But basically, they are these natural structures that Native American groups created. So uh, they're mostly made out of dirt. So they would dump dirt and they make them in specific shapes. A lot of times there are platform mounds and they would live on them. They're they're called effigy mounds, and so they would be in different shapes of animals. A famous one is up in Ohio. It's called the uh, serpent mound, and so it's shaped into a snake. And just in looking at that and kind of looking at the symbology of like the human nature connection and why they built those mounds, it just kind of led me into psychology. And so I started working on my degree in psychology. And uh, that was probably back in 2008 and uh, about eight, nine years ago, uh, my first marriage, my husband was actually a musician and we got this bright idea that we were just going to do our own little tour and travel all over the United States and play music. And we played a bunch of different bars and a bunch of different fairy festivals. And so long story short, that took us to the Mojave Desert in California, where we were caretakers on a goat farm. And that's then I got my first goat there. And that's what led me into the exciting world of goats. And so since then, like I said, I moved to Tennessee about eight years ago. We were, I'm not married to that person anymore. And uh, so just uh, being here in Tennessee and getting to work more with the goats and learn more about farming, like I said, it's just about by last year, I finally got myself uh, set up to be able to start offering these services to the public. And then, like I said, I, I kind of finally figured out what exactly my calling with the animals were. Because, you know, at first we were like, dairy, we'll do meat, we'll just breed them and sell them to people. And just none of that really felt right until I, I got on the therapy part of it. Now, but you worked with
1: FEMA also, correct?
2: Well, no, not specifically. I am working on training with FEMA to where uh, eventually, once I get certified in that, that will then open up our farm will be uh, certified like animal kind of disaster relief place. So if there is a natural disaster and uh, animals are impacted and they need somewhere to go our farm would be a place that kind of like, kind of like a foster situation.
1: That's a very good idea because that you have the property for it.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, eventually we do hope to uh, get a bigger facility. So, you know, that just gives us more land to help, rescue more animals. And then, uh, you know, just open us up to hopefully help more people too.
1: Right. I know they eat anything. And they do. Yes. And you know what I
2: say? It's because goats, they're not like humans. They don't have thumbs. So the only way that they know to explore is through their mouths. And that's where, you know, most of their their senses and their taste buds are in their mouth. So that's why they're constantly always running around nibbling or trying to nibble on stuff. Because, you know, for goats, it's So now you don't have to mow your lawn, right? Because they eat everything? Well, we do. Now, that is where uh, goats and sheep are different. Sheep are more of the grazers, so they're going to eat the grass before anything else. Goats are more foragers, and this goes back to why they like to get into trees, because they, they really prefer stuff up off the ground. And so they're constantly climbing up to get those leaves in the top of the trees to get those vines. So, you know, they're going to go for more of those types of plants and they're going to eat all your vegetables and all your pretty like flowers and stuff before they ever reach your grass. So I want to ask you, do sheep and goats get along? Um. Yeah, we don't have any sheep, but from what I hear with a lot of people, they do. The thing you have to be careful with goats and sheep is that copper. Goats require a lot of copper and sheep don't require as much, so you just have to be careful with their feed. What
1: do you mean copper?
2: Copper supplement, that is a key of one of the tree vitamins, nutrients that goats need in them system to keep them healthy. But with sheep, they don't need that as much. And so it can kind of create like a poisoning to their system if they get too much of that. So you just have to be careful when you have those two types of animals together, that you're not giving the sheep the feed with a lot of copper in it.
1: So now within 10 years, you're still in Tennessee. You're approved by FEMA. God forbid, you know, there's a disaster, kind of like what you, uh, you were lucky not to have where you were. Uh, last week with the uh, with the storm, right. you would be able to go out and rescue these animals that we've all seen on videos of people in boats trying to get dogs yes. off of cars. And well, see, to me, I think that's terrific.
2: I do too. That's why I'm really excited about that. And then, you know, once the COVID kind of shut that down. So that training is is kind of slowed down a little, but uh, still, you know, just like anything in life, you just kind of have to adapt and
1: work with what you got and do the best you can and keep being positive and moving forward. Right. That's the way we have to go. But now, so when things open up, you would allow people to come and see the goats Yes, actually, because we
2: are outside and we don't really have a place for people to come inside with goats, because this is our home, you know, that we do these services out of. And so because we're outside, we have been able to have public events. Back at the beginning of the COVID, they were really strict with, you know, we were maintaining those uh, those social guidelines. Everybody was six distance. We have sand sanitizer. If people, you know, want to wear masks, we allow that. If not. But uh, we try to adhere to COVID guidelines. And uh, we, we do a lot of uh, public events. We'll do animal education where I open the farm up and people can come to that. We do goat yoga. We do goat cuddling. And uh, really a lot of the goat cuddling sessions, those are private sessions. So I just maybe have one person come out on the farm or maybe a family come out and they'll hang out for an hour or two and play with the goats and uh,
1: have a good time. Now, what kind of a treat would you give them? Like, say somebody came to the farm and do you have treats that you give them. I mean, they eat hay, right? Yeah. Now,
2: hay is the main supplement. And uh, like I said, since they have five acres, they also they they forage, but uh, they always have to have hay. And uh, as far as treats go, we try to stick to uh, fruits and veggies. Goats can pretty much eat carrots. They love carrots, apples, celery, spinach
1: strawberries all the good stuff that kids don't like
2: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly these kids love those and so when people come to the farm that's what i tell them we actually have a list of uh, what is approved for the goats and the donkey and like i said generally i'm like carrots and apples you bring those you don't have to worry about anything you know like those are safe treats for them
1: that's wonderful. Well, I wish you lots of good luck. I'm so glad that we had this talk because I really feel that we are learning so much more about animals. They're not just farm animals. They really could be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a pet, but we could learn so much from animals. Like you say, they understand our language. So if you tell them no or come or their name, they understand that. So these type of your training and the fact that you have the farm and that you allow people to come there and to experience this. It might've started years ago with the goat yogurt, which I don't really get, but uh, (laughs) I mean, I I wouldn't want 60 pounds walking on me, but I guess if you had a bad back or something, but I really feel that we could learn so much from all these farm animals, even the cows, horses, You know, uh, bison. It's just amazing. Where were we? We had our head in the sand when it comes to this. I really, truly appreciate. And when you get all settled, then I'd like you to come back again because it's very interesting. So I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you having me. And we would love to come back. Next time, we'll talk all about the uh, spiritual benefits of ghosts. I think you'll like that. Oh, I would love that. I want to thank you, Cora, for being part of this. I want to thank my producer, Mark. And I want to thank my listeners and remember to live life unleashed. Till next time, bye-bye.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.